0: Well, this morning, um, i taking a little bit of a different approach today. Uh, I like to, um, whenever I'm preparing to preach or whatever, throughout the week, I just start leaning into certain directions that God is speaking to me about, and I just lean into that direction pretty much all week long, and I just kind of follow, even as Pastor Corey was talking, I just follow the river of God. I just, wherever the river is moving, I try to stay current with God. How I many you know that the ability to, to be current with God is based on your ability to hear God? And so I just try to follow the moving of the Holy Spirit, and I was working all through this week, just what I do in my private time, prayer time, study time, and then Saturdays, I devote my whole day on Saturdays generally to just preparation time. It's just, I seal up everything that I've been working on, and, uh, and it get in, it got into late last night, and still... I had no real firm sense that God was breathing on what I was working on. And I don't know how God works with you or how he speaks to you, but but when when God is not breathing on something in me, it, everything just gets flatlined. It just it's just like it's dead on the inside of me. And I know that's a sign that that ain't where I need to go. And so so this morning, early this morning, just my normal routine, I'm, I'm up and I'm praying. And, and I felt like God spoke a particular word in my spirit for this house. And, and I want to I wanna release it over you. And then if you'll just hear me out and work with me for a little bit, uh, it's, it's, this is like so fresh, all my thoughts are still merging together. Because I literally typed out everything this morning. It's like everything's just moving together, and I'm just trying to obey God in the moment and what God is saying, and and at the end of the service, we're going to take some time and we're going to pray for some people because I believe this is a turnaround day. I just believe that for people in this room today. It's a turnaround day, Um, and so we're just going to flow into it the best way we know how, and just forgive me for this not being polished or refined at the level that I would normally want it to be, not, not that all my messages are refined and polished, but it's, at least they're somewhat of a rhythm, and, and this, this ain't no rhythm today, I don't think, so I'm just going to just flow with what I feel like God is saying to us, and I believe there's breakthrough in the atmosphere today. Hallelujah. So come on, stand to your feet and grab your Bibles this morning and uh, go with me to Psalms 137. And this is a very familiar scripture. In fact, a couple of weeks ago, I I didn't preach out of it. I just, I mentioned it in a quote that I did. I just quoted the scripture because it came up in my heart. And, And this morning, it's like God breathed it on me so strong. So just look at your neighbor and say, you might as well get everything God has for you today. You might as well get, you're here, right? You're here, you might as well go for it. Amen. Psalms 137, Psalms 137, I'm going to begin reading in verse number one. And it says, by the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down and wept when we remembered Zion. And upon the willows in the midst of it We hung our harps. For there our captors demanded of us songs, and our tormentors mirth. That's the same word for joy. They demanded from us joy, saying, sing to us or sing us one of the songs of Zion. Verse number four says, and how can we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? That's what the Lord spoke to me this morning about. That, that word foreign land literally is a place of disappointment. How can you lift your voice and praise God when you're living in a place of disappointment? How can you sing the songs of Zion when you're living in a frustrated season? When you're living in a season. That's not bearing fruit. I want to draw your attention back to verse number two, and it says, And upon the willows, in the midst of it, we hung our harps. That was a sign of defeat. When they hung their harps on the willow trees, they were saying, We give up. We quit. It's not worth it. This whole thing of serving God is not worth it anymore, and I give up. My message to you today, this morning, I've titled it this way. It's very simple. It's too soon to quit. It's too soon to quit. Will you just high five about three or four people around you and encourage them a little bit and just tell them it's too soon to quit. Come on, tell them it's too soon to quit. Tell them God's got a fresh anointing. Come on, just tell them God has a fresh anointing. Come on, I need some faith to rise. I need some saints to get up. I need some power of the Holy Spirit to manifest. Come on, somebody shout. It's way too soon to quit. Come on, I'm going to give you another chance. Somebody shout. It's way too soon to quit. It's way too. Some of y'all ain't even moving your mouth yet. I'm talking to you. It's way too soon to quit. It's way, way, way too soon to quit. Way too soon. It's way too soon to give up. Father, we thank you this morning for what you're going to do in this place. Holy Spirit, you're the preacher. You're the teacher. You're the communicator, the revelator. Holy Spirit, you are the revealer of truth. Jesus, you are truth, and only the Holy Spirit can reveal truth. So, Father, we thank you for what you're going to do in this place. Thank you for those that have gathered, those that are listening by social media, the radio. Thank you today, Lord, for touching hearts and touching lives. In a very special and unique way, and let this be the mark that they mark on their calendar. This was the day that I turned. This is the day that I began to make a journey upward. So, Father, we thank you and we give you all the praise and the glory for it now. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody together said, Amen, Amen, and Amen. God bless you this morning. You can be seated. In our text today, it's speaking to us about the nation of Israel who is literally being held captive by the Babylonians, and they are sitting. Here you have this despondent group of people, and they are sitting by the rivers of Babylon, and they are mourning, and they are weeping because they have no more hope left in them. They no longer have a vision for their future. Their expectancy has been reduced To nothing more than a memory now. So there they sit by the rivers of Babylon with no hope, no dreams, no song, and no desire, no ambition, and no faith. They are literally at a place called disappointment. And they're sitting there by the rivers of Babylon, hanging their harps on the willow trees as a sign to everybody around them, It's just not worth it anymore. I refuse to go on another day. I'm quitting this race. I'm giving everything up. I want you to get this picture this morning there. Here you have the chosen people of God who had been living in the land of promise. But now they are being held captive by their tormentors, the Bible says, in a foreign land. Literally, they're being held captive because they're in a season of disappointment. A season of their life has just set into their life. They were once living in the fruitfulness of God. They were living in the overflowing abundance of God. They were living in the land of Canaan. They were living in the land of promise. Now, all of a sudden, like out of nowhere, they find themselves living in a place of disappointment. Have you ever been there? Maybe you're there today. Maybe you felt like just a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, I was living my best life. Things were moving forward in a good direction, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, it's like the winds of adversity began to blow against my life. and Now you find yourself sitting, as it were, the rivers of Babylon, hanging your faith on a willow tree. Hanging your expectation on a willow tree because you just don't know if it's worth going on another day. Here you stand or here you sit in the midst of an assembly of people who are much like you. Everybody has seasons of frustrations. Everybody has seasons of disappointments. And this is where the people of Israel are in this particular passage of Scripture. Here they are standing in the midst of a season of disappointment. They're living in a tough season. They're living in a bad day. And they said, oh, how we remember Zion. How we remember Jerusalem. And now they're forcing us to live in a foreign land. And we're facing the unfamiliar. And we're happening to deal with the unfamiliar with no expectation. And their thoughts were this. It's penned in scripture that we read. How can we sing a song in a foreign land? How can we sing the songs of Zion in a failed season? How can we worship God in such a disappointing state of mind? How can I express my love to God when I feel like everything that I have lived for up until this moment has been disappointed, living in a frustrated season. How can we sing the songs of a former glory when our land is desolate, our homes have been devastated, and our entire future as we know it has been cut off? How can we sing when our life is no longer full of joy and there's no expectation in contrast To the way that it used to be. Have you ever been there? Do you feel it this morning? Do you feel like our whole nation is in a world of frustration? Do you feel like families and homes are living in a season of disappointment? In other words, they were saying, How can we go on? We're just gonna hang our harps on the willow trees based on the condition of our present circumstances. The reality of the moment, watch me now, just track with me just for a few moments. The reality of the moment became more real than the reality of God's promises over their life. Because here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, you can get stuck in a frustrated season. And if you're not careful, you'll let that frustrated season begin to dictate the promises of God over your life. The next thing you know, you'll be talking more about the season you're going through rather than the season that's on its way. And here they are living in a frustrated season and all they can talk about what they had and all they can talk about is where they are and never reaching for where God is about to take them. And they're living in a season of disappointment. And I just came here this morning, it's heavy on my heart today. I know I'm not preaching like I normally would because this is heavy on my heart today because God is about to turn your season around. God is about to break the cycles of the seasons of disappointments in your life. And you're not always going to live in a sense of frustration. And you're not always going to live with a sense of disappointment. Because whatever God has said about you is still true today. It doesn't matter what the circumstances are looking like right now. The word of the Lord is tried. And the word of the Lord is true. And whatever God has promised you, God will be faithful to fulfill. Push on somebody and tell them it's too soon to quit. Their circumstances, because they were so disappointed, began to dictate to them something that was contrary to the word of God. You have to know that every word that God has ever spoken over your life, he spoke it to fulfill it over your life. I'm going to wait on a better amen right there. Every word that God has spoken over your life, he, was, he spoke it in order for it to be fulfilled in your life. The Bible says in Numbers 23, 19, for God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of a man that he should repent. If he said it, he'll do it. If he spoke it, he will bring it to pass. God's not playing with your emotions. God's not just leading you down a path to make you feel like everything's going to live in frustration. God has set you up for the biggest victory you've ever had in your life. God is about to turn some things around in your life. I'm not just saying that because it preaches good. I feel like I've got a word from the Lord over somebody's life today. It's too soon to quit because God is about to make good out of the bad that you've been in. The Bible says in Joshua twenty-one forty-five, and these scriptures will be on the screen for you. Not a word failed of any good thing which the Lord has spoken to the house of Israel. All come to pass or came to pass. First Kings chapter eight, uh, verse fifty-six says, "Bless the Lord who has given rest to his people Israel, according to all that he has promised. He has not failed one word of all his good promises." Isaiah 40 says the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God stands forever. Luke 21:33 says heaven and earth will pass away, but the words, my words will by no means pass away. So whatever is moving in your life right now will come and it will go. It did not come to stay. It's just moving you through a process in your life because whatever the word is over your life, it didn't come to go away. It came to stay. Whatever God has promised over you, he's going to fulfill it in Jesus' name. Come on, push on somebody and tell them you need to loosen up a little bit. You need to loosen up because God is still at work in you both to do his will and his good pleasure. Amen. Every believer is faced with the challenge to navigate their way between the expectation of God's word and the fulfillment of God's word. Every believer. The Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust. In fact, the Bible says all those who desire to live godly will be persecuted. There's always going to be tough seasons and tough times. Just because you signed up to be a Christian don't mean that God took away the problems. Whoever told you that lied to you. That is not the whole truth. But what I will say, when you signed up to be a believer, you'll never walk through a problem by yourself. You'll never deal with a situation by yourself. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's the alpha and the omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the first and the last. He will be there with you through every trial, every trauma, every trick of the enemy. God is for you. He's not against you. You have a big bad devil, but you got a great big God. God is the one who watches over his people. And you need to know when I signed up to be a believer, I didn't sign up to be exempt from problems and trials. I just know. Know that when I go through it, he's in the fire with me, baby. Come on, talk to me up in here. Come on, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You may be in the fire, but if you just look around, there's a fourth man standing in the middle of that fire with you. And by the time God gets through with you, you're going to come out, not even the smell of smoke on your body, not one hair of your hair will be singed because whatever God has started in your life, he's faithful to complete it over your life. I'm just trying to tell somebody it's way too soon. Soon to throw in the towel. It's way too soon to back up on God. You just need to throw your hands up, throw your head up, lift up your voice and say, God, if I'm in the fire, thank God you're in the fire with me. Tell somebody it's too soon to quit now. It's too soon to quit. Most people lose their hope in the initial side of expectation. And people and people lose hope when there is no fulfillment of that expectation. And it's, it's what happens in the in-between stage. It, it's, it's in that area between believing and receiving. It, it's in that area of expectation and manifestation. It's in the in-between stages that you got to be careful that your hope don't get deferred. It, it's it's when you heard a word from God, but it ain't manifested yet. You, you received something from God. It's like you left Egypt, but you're not in Canaan yet. You're in the in-between stage. Or maybe you were in Canaan, now you're back in Babylon as a captive. And what do you do with the word when you're caught in that in-between stage? And Or maybe maybe you've had a prophecy over your life and it, has not yet been fulfilled, you're in that in-between stage, and or, or maybe you've prayed, and, and God hasn't answered your prayer at the timing that you thought that it should be answered in, and so you're living in that, that in-between stage, and you got to be careful when you're in that in-between stage, because you got to watch your hope, you got to guard your hope, because when you're in that in-between stage if you're not careful you'll start throwing in the towel you'll hang your harp on the willow trees and you'll start saying Lord I can't sing a song anymore I don't have no praise left in my heart you got to be careful when you, when, when you got a promise from God but yet it has not yet manifested you're in that in-between stage it's the place where you know that by his stripes you've been healed but you're not healed yet it's that place in your life where his promises, he said, I'll make you the head and not the tail. But you keep dragging your big behind around. <laughs> you feel like you're at the end of something. I'm just trying to light it up because y'all way too serious. It's that place where God said, I'm going to supply all your needs according to my riches and glory. But yet you still have needs. It's that in-between stage it's in those in-between places. Come on, I told you this, was, this, is, this, is, this is unrefined. This, this is hot off the griddle right here now. I, I'm, I typed all this up this morning. Just, just work with me, all right? It, it ain't all like where I want it to be, but I'm going to get there, all right? It's, it's in those in-between places that we have to be careful that we don't abandon our hope over what God has already declared. If you lose your hope, watch this now. If you, if you lose your hope, you won't be able to exercise your faith. The Bible says in Hebrews 11:1 1, that faith is the substance of things hoped for. And it's the evidence of things that are not yet seen. That word hope is our earnest expectation of something good. If you lose your hope, you don't have no expectation. And when you don't have no expectation, then your faith has nothing to attach to Y'all not helping me this morning. Somebody said, well, I just don't have faith. No, what you don't have is hope. The fact that you don't have faith is a sure sign that you don't have hope. Because hope deferred, the Bible says, makes the heart sick. But a desire fulfilled is like life. So you got to get your hope stirred up again. And sometimes I don't know how you do it at your house. I don't even know how you do it in your life. But every now and then you got to stir your hope back up in God. You got to begin to speak to yourself. You got to maybe prophesy to yourself. And you got to say, what I'm going through right now may be be against me. It may not look good right now. But my hope is in the Lord. My expectation is on the Lord. And and I'm not going to look to the left and look to the right and define my theology based on my circumstance. Because the character of God The nature of God Is that he's a good God And he's good all the time He's good in the midst of the trials He's good in the midst of the setbacks He's good in the midst Of the things that I can't even explain Or articulate I just know that when I'm going through something I don't even have to explain it to everybody I just thank God That he gives me the grace to walk it out He gives me the strength to endure The hard times that I'm living in, and I just want to say this to you ladies and gentlemen, you may have suffered an an eventful year, two years of your life, three years, maybe it's a past event in your life, maybe something happened to you when you was a child being raised, but I just came to tell you don't live in your past don't live in your present circumstances God has a word over your life, God has a promise over your life, and God will bring it to fruition if you'll just keep moving forward He'll turn it. He'll make it good. If you're not careful, you'll be like the children of Israel in that in-between place. And you'll start singing or saying, how can we sing in a disappointing season? And you'll just want to say it ain't worth it. And this is what happens to most believers that's been believing for a long time. It's not that you back out on your salvation. You just back out on your forward progress. It's not that you don't quit loving God. You just don't love him at the level that you like to love him. Because the enemy paints this picture that everything in your life is never going to get any better. Like you have lived your best life up to this point in your life. Can I just tell you that is not true. He's an unfolding God. He's a manifesting God. The Bible says we go from glory to glory. We go from strength to strength, from faith to faith. If you're not careful, you'll spend your days. Now watch me now. Just track with me for a moment. I'm about to get there so we can pray. If you're not careful, you'll spend your days mourning and weeping over a season that is subject. A season that is subject. And you'll miss what God is doing in this season. Because here's what i come to believe in my walk with the Lord over these years. Karen and I have been pastoring here as senior pastors for 20 years. I've been serving God since I was 12 years old. That's been my life. I don't know anything but church. I don't know anything but the Lord. I, I've never participated in the ways of the world. It's not that I'm sinless. <laughs> I, Karen, Karen thinks I was filled in my mother's womb like John the Baptist. No, I'm just kidding. It's it's it, it, it's but But in my walk with God over these years and just... Learning to lean on God and things that I don't understand. If you're not careful in all these situations in life, you begin to put a theology on it and you begin to anchor it down in your life like this is what God is doing to me. And if you're not careful, it's not that God may not have allowed it, but it's not meant for your detriment. It's really meant for your promotion. And if you can understand it, to view it in the eyes of eternity. View it in the eyes of God. Everything I'm going through right now is producing something in me that I did not have before. Everything that I'm walking through right now, even though I can't explain it, and sometimes it hurts deeply. You just have to know that in the midst of all that, God is still at work. Both to do his will over your life. And you cannot just back up on God. It's not that Christians stop loving God. It's just that they don't keep serving God at the level that they've been anointed to. They don't keep serving God at the level they've been called to. And they're trying to figure everything out that's going on around them. And the next thing you know, they're ruling out the very process that God has taken them through. Because we begin to try to articulate in a natural mind. We begin to articulate out of the realm of our emotions. Not never realizing that God has setting the stage for me to become something better than I've ever been before and don't count me out just because I'm crying don't count me out just because I feel a little numb right now don't count me out just because I'm living in a disappointed season because by the time God gets through with me I'm going to come out with my my mouth lifting up the praises of God I'm going to come back out of this season and my shoulders are going to be square my chin is going to be up and I'm going to say had it not been for the Lord on my side I don't know where I would be, but God has been good to me in the middle of all the mess that I've been through. Sooner or later, you got to look at yourself and you got to say, I'm not going to be stuck in the in-between places. They said, how can we remember Zion? We remember how things used to be. We remember the glory of his temple when we were living in the land of promise. We remember The glory of God. Sometimes if we're not careful, the older we get in Christ, we start thinking about yesterday's blessings. We think about yesterday's anointing. We start thinking about, remember when God moved. Remember what God did. You got to be careful that you don't get stuck in where God was. God's not, thank God for what he did back then. I th- in fact, I, 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 I feel like in my spirit, I am a revivalist at heart. I believe that's the dominant anointing on my life to stir faith and release revival. I believe that that's what God really has called me to do. And I, and I love revivals, and I thank God for everything that he did in the past. I thank God for all the days of Smith Wigglesworth, A.A. Allen, Jack Cole, and all those guys, Amy Simple McPherson. I thank God for all those things that happened in the past. I thank God for the Azusa Street outpouring. I thank God for his movements all throughout the earth. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm not living back there. I'm living here. I'm living right here in this place, and I don't want a God of yesterday. I need God in my today so that I can advance my future forward. So if you get stuck in thinking about where God was, you're going to miss what God is doing today. And if you're not careful, somebody will say, well, I just want that old-time religion. I'll tell you what, I want what God had back then, but I want what God has for now, because God is always current to society. They were called up in their past. They were remembering a former glory. They were neglecting their present. Therefore, they cannot move toward their future. Don't let the enemy rob you of your song just because you're living in a place of disappointment. If you're not careful, that place of disappointment will send the wrong message, and you'll start declaring out of your own mouth, it's over. What's the use of going on? The foreign land is a place, if you're taking notes, it's not going to be on the screen. Everything's just fresh. But if you're you're living in a foreign land, it's the place where you learn to trust the timing of God's word for your life. It's the place where you learn to trust what God is doing in your life. Everybody wants God's blessings. The trouble is, we don't want his timing. (laughs) Look at your neighbor and say, I think he just said something to you. Just say that. (laughs) We, We want God's blessing. We just don't want his timing. And waiting means trusting. Waiting means trusting God, even when you can't trace him or track him. Waiting means I'm trusting God, and just because I said it to you several weeks ago that God does everything with intentionality, so if he's doing something, he's doing it intentionally. If he's not doing anything, he's still doing something, because what he's not doing, he's doing intentionally. So you just have to understand that the phase and the stage of life that I'm in right now, God is at work. At, in my life, doing something to bring me to a better place in my life. And I have to trust the timing of God. And, my, and in my waiting doesn't mean I'm hanging my harps on the willow tree in my waiting, I'm not going to stop praising God until I figure it out. In my waiting, I'm not going to back up on God because it don't make no sense. Hear me when I talk to you just for a moment. When I'm waiting, don't mean I'm going to check out of church for the next six or seven weeks. I'm not going to back up on God and serving in the house of God for three or four months because I'm just waiting on the Lord. No, if you really understood waiting on the Lord, that means you're actively engaging and serving in the things of God. You don't let the enemy get a foothold over your life. You let the enemy know I'm going to serve God while I'm in my pain. I'm going to serve God while I'm crying through this moment but I'm not going to back up on my faith and I'm not going to back up on the God that gave me breath. The God that gave me life. I'm not going to back up on the one who holds the keys to my future. I'm going to keep pushing forward until I let the enemy know you may have hit me but you did not knock me out of the race. You may have hurt me but you did not kill me. You may have stomped on me, but you did not keep me down because the greater one lives on the inside of me. Push on somebody and tell them I'm moving forward. Now I'm moving forward. Moving forward. Waiting means trusting someone. Trust the timing of the Lord. Ecclesiastes 3.1 says there's a time for everything and a season for every activity under heaven. It's a time for everything. We have to be able to walk with God and trust the timing of his word in our life. There's a scripture that will be on the screen for you. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse number 3 says, For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak, and it will not lie, though it tarries. (laughs) Wait for it, because it will surely come, and it will not tarry. That word that word vision, that word vision is the Hebrew word kazan, which literally means an oracle of God. It's the communication of God, it's literally a divine word from God. For you could read it this way for the divine word of God is yet for an appointed time. The divine communication of God over my life is for an appointed time. And though it tarries though it looks like nothing's happening in my life, I'm going to wait on it. <laughs> I'm going to wait on it because I trust God enough that he holds the keys to my life to the point that his character is so good. And while that may not look good with what's going on around me, God is going to deliver me on the other side of the stuff that I'm going through. Yes. The truest evidence of your faith is that you will learn how to turn what you hear into what you say. If you heard God say something, then God didn't change his mind. And you got to take what God has said, and usually that's coming from the Word of God, not your emotions. Because your emotions can tell you a lot of things. But if God has said something about your life, if God has spoken over your life, the truest evidence of your faith is when you begin to turn what you've heard into what you say. When, when we turn what we've heard into what we say, we begin to align, align our earthly up with the heavenlies. We, we begin, watch this now, not to get really theological deep on you, but we begin To position our lives on an earthly scale, on an earthly way, in line with heaven's directives. When, When you begin to speak the words of God over your life, you begin to align your life with what heaven has already declared over your life. That's why faith becomes important because it's the earnest expectation of something good. Faith is the evidence, it's the evidence, it's the substance Of the things that we hope for. There's things in God that He has spoken over your life. And if you don't have your hope stirred up, if you don't begin to stir your hope up, your faith has nothing to grab a hold of. And when you don't have faith working on your behalf, you start saying whatever you feel. You start confessing whatever you're going through. You start talking about how bad it's been, how rough you've had it. And the next thing you know, you're living at an old address. And God is trying to say to you, I am going to get you out of that address, but you can't keep revisiting what i delivered you from. Yeah. Yeah. Psalms 107, verse number 2 says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Yeah. That word say, it literally means to command or to appoint or to determine something. Yeah. We are to say what we heard. Okay. Let the redeemed of the Lord Say what God says. Let them say I'm healed. Let them say I'm blessed. Let them say I'm coming through this. Let them say, let them say that the Lord has been good to me. Let me give you another example real quick and then we're going to pray. Look with me in Luke chapter 5. Is this all right? I know it's not refined. Please forgive all that, but I'm going to get there. Luke chapter 5, I, I didn't come to preach, I came to pray. That's really what I'm here for today. Luke chapter 5, I just wanted, I'm just trying to hit it so that you can see it. Luke chapter 5, verse number 4, this is when Peter had been fishing all night and he caught nothing. Verse number 4 says, and when he had finished speaking, talking about Jesus, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon, same thing, same thing as Peter, Simon answered and said, Master, we worked hard all night. And we caught nothing. But I will do as you say. And I will let down the nets. Verse number 6. And when they had done this. Come on, just push on somebody and tell them you got to do something now. you got to do something. And when they had done this, they enclosed a great quantity of fish. And their nets began to break. To the point that they signaled to their partners in other boats for them to come and help them. And they came and they filled both of the boats So that they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw that, because faith can be seen, when he saw that, he fell down at Jesus' feet and he said, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. And for amazement had seized him and all his companions because of the catch of fish which they had taken. Watch this real quick. Understand that Peter and his crew, Peter and the boys, were on the banks cleaning empty nets. They had fished all night and caught nothing. Now, these were not amateurs. These boys had made their living on that lake. They knew how to fish. They were the best in the business. They had a business catching fish. They knew how to fish and now The next morning, they're on the banks of the lake cleaning empty nets, dealing with a frustrated season, dealing with a season of disappointment. Here's the question. Can you operate in faith and release vision even though you're in a season of disappointment? And Jesus was telling them to launch back out. Launch back out into that season of disappointment. Launch back out into that place of lack. Launch back out into that place of failure. I want you to go right back into the place where it didn't work for you. Don't that sound just like God? Just to see where you're going to live in the realm of the Spirit. And many times God will ask us to do things in our place of disappointment that just doesn't make sense. Lord, we fished all night and we caught nothing. Jesus said it don't matter. Go right back out there where you blew it. Go right back out there where it don't make any sense. Go right back out there where your faith does guide. Go right back out there where you begin to live in that place of disappointment because if you will obey me, if you will release your faith, I'll take your disappointment and I'll turn it into a boat sinking load of a harvest that your mind will never even be able to imagine because by the time I get through with you, Peter, I'm going to let you know I don't care how seasonal disappointed you have been in your life. When I get on the scene, everything in your life is going to change. Can you operate in vision? Though the vision, though the word, the communication of God tarries. Can you do something with it? Can you launch out? I'm trying to help somebody today. You're sitting in a season of disappointment. Can you launch back out in known disappointment and trust God with a word over your life? Can you move right back into a place of disappointment and say, God, it's not finished with me yet. Peter said, Lord, we fished all night and we caught nothing. It don't matter. Jesus said, I want you to get back in those same boats. I want you to get those same people. I want you to get that same net. And I want you to go back on that same lake. (laughs) And I want you to watch this and I want you to go out in the daytime. Remember, Peter was on the Banks cleaning empty nets in the morning because they fished at night. I'm going to help somebody right here. They fished at night because at night, that's when you could catch all the fish, and they would fish in the shallows when the currents were moving along the shallows. That's where all the bait fish went, and they could throw their nets easier in the shallow and catch more fish during the night. Jesus comes along and says, I'm just going to reverse the cycle of everything. I'm going to let you know nature don't predict Season the disappointments don't predict, I'll change the course of everything. And not only do I want you to go back out in the day, I want you to go into the deep where it don't make no sense. I'm trying to tell somebody in here today God's calling you back into a deeper place in Him where it don't make no sense and you just got to obey God. Yeah. Obedience is the great equalizer. Watch this, and everybody has the same measure of obedience. Everybody has the same obedience ability. Everybody. Isaiah 119 says, if you be willing and obedient, you're going to eat the good of the land. Let me just wrap it up here so we can have some time to pray. Jim Simbola, who used to be the pastor at the Brooklyn Tabernacle Church there, He said the battle of the Christian life has always been not just to believe, but to keep on believing. Not just to believe, but can you keep on believing? The evidence of your faith is always going to be revealed in the progress of your patience. Y'all hear what I said? That's the evidence of your faith. The Bible says through faith and patience we inherit the promises of God. Stop viewing your foreign land as a place of disappointment. Stop viewing it as a place of failure. Instead, see it as an opportunity for the power of God to be revealed in it. When you're in a season, disappointment, season, a foreign land, you've got to learn how to reach for your potential. You can only do that through faith with hope being the lead. You've got to reach for something better. Potential is only limited by what we believe we cannot do. There are people sitting under the sound of my voice today. Your life is full of potential in the things of God. But if you don't get past your season of disappointment, your potential will never be realized. Winston Churchill, he said, success is going from one failure to another without losing your enthusiasm. Hmm, Think about it. And there are people in here today, you're caught. You're stuck in a season of disappointment. If you're not careful, That's going to be your storyline for years to come. But I believe today, I just, I want to stop here. I got a little more, but I need to stop because there's an anointing now to break what you're going through. I've never been more serious about a message, I think, this year than I am this message right here. Because God is lining you up for your greatest turnaround. And I want to say over this church, we've been through a season of great disappointment. We've buried loved ones in our, in our family in seasons of disappointments. We've watched the enemy wreck our world with viruses. And then we watched rogue governments weaponize it. And we've, we've created a fear trap in our nation our whole world is living in fear over something that every believer has authority over. Talk to me now. And, and, and we, just, we feel like we're just trapped in the season of disappointment. And, and I can't speak for the nations and I can't speak for all of America, but I can speak over this house. That God's going to break it out of this house today. I'm trying to prophesy something into your hearing because, ladies and gentlemen, I have been here since day one. And the season that I feel even in worship is not at the level of our potential. It's like the enemy has stole our song. Some of us don't praise the way we used to praise. We don't worship the way we wor- used to worship because we're, we, we're caught up in what we're going through. But, but if you really understand the things of God, you'll realize that what I'm going through is working to my advantage. Don't just sit there and hang your harps on the rivers of Babylon and weep. In other words, don't let the enemy steal your song. Even though you're in a tough season, don't let him steal it. Let me just say it to you this way. Worshiping God. And I'm not just talking about in a church setting. I'm talking about your life. Your life is a worship. Your life is a praise. Worshiping God. And praising God is never out of season. It's never out of season. No matter what I'm going through, he still deserves the glory. It's never out of season. It's it's never right to back up on God because of what I'm feeling. And in our text, that's where the enemies were against Israel. They were taunting them. They said, now sing us one of the songs of Zion while you're in captivity. Maybe you've been there, maybe you're there now. Maybe maybe your husband or your wife has left you and the enemy is saying, now sing one of them songs. Or maybe you got a failed business in your life and the enemy is coming to you now and he's saying, hey, now sing one of them songs. Let me hear the songs of Zion now. Maybe your children or a prodigal. Maybe they're running around and not even trying to serve God. And, and the enemy's coming to your mind and saying, now sing one of them songs of Zion. Or maybe you just went through a divorce. Or maybe you're going through a divorce. And the enemy's coming back to you and haunting you and tormenting you. And he's saying, now go ahead and sing one of those songs of Zion. Or maybe you've had a failed uh, relationships and things are just not working out and the enemy saying, you're always going to be like that. It's always going to uh, uh, be like that in your life and nothing's ever going to change and you're always going to live your life at this level. And he's saying, now sing me one of those songs. And for many of us in here over the last 20 months, maybe you've lost a loved one. Maybe there was a death in your family and the enemy's coming to you and saying, now sing one of your songs. What are you going to do now, Mr. Powerhouse preacher? What are you going to do now that you've lost your dad? What are you going to do now after you prayed and believed God to raise him up and he didn't raise him up? What are you going to do now, preacher? What are you going to do now, Chuck? I'll tell you what I did. I backed up away from the circumstance and I said, God, in the midst of my pain, in the midst of my tear, I'm going to exalt your name because in in the midst of it all, when I don't understand it, when it don't make no sense you're still worthy of a song you're still worthy of my praise because praise is never out of season come on if you believe that get up on your feet and give God a praise come on and give God a praise come on worship team Come on you got to learn how to praise him in your pain. You got to learn how to praise him when it's hurting. You got to learn how to praise him when nothing is adding up. I just relate mine and Karen's stories to you. I know when last year right when the pandemic hit in 2020 that March or April when it hit, Bishop was here. He and Pastor Kathy, we were celebrating 30 years. Of New Harvest Ministries 30 years Of New Harvest Ministries That weekend Bishop And Pastor Kathy And all these other sons And daughters that were part of the house When we first started They all flew in, drove in They were all here and We were going to kick it off on that Sunday That Saturday morning Karen and I woke up to a phone call That her mother had passed away man, you're talking about hurting. You're talking about don't make no sense. We're about to celebrate the biggest monumental day in New Harvest Church's history. 30 years of God's grace, and that was on a Saturday morning that her mother passed away. Late that Saturday night, I asked Karen. It was her mom. Up until that point, I didn't know how deep the grieving process was because I've never lost nobody that close. I asked Karen, said, you going to go to church? Sunday morning, bishops here, Pastor Kathy, all these guys have drove all these great distances to be here, flew in. She looked at me. She said, what other choice do we have? That said something to me. Because I know the pain now of the reality of losing somebody close to you but I pulled on a strength that day when we came up in here Sunday morning I watched her raise her hands her mother had just died the day before y'all not hearing me and the pain and the not understanding but I watched her lift her hands in the midst of the pain with tears coming down her cheeks and I said then God I want that That's what I want in my life. That even at life's most devastating news, I want to be able to enter into the house of the Lord. And I want to be able to throw my hands up and give you praise. That's why I told you all ago, just because I'm crying don't mean I'm backing up. Just because I'm in pain don't mean I'm quitting. Because I've learned how to praise Him in the good times. And I'm going to learn how to praise Him in the bad times. I've learned how to worship God when it didn't make sense just as much as I've learned how to worship God when it all made sense. I'm going to give you a minute to throw your hands up and give him praise right there. I'm going to give you a minute to worship him right there. Come on, how bad do you want it? How bad do you want to break out of that season? Come on, he's calling for you today. Come on, something's going to turn in your life today. It may not be as, as radical as losing a loved one, but maybe you've been walking around with a spirit of defeat. Maybe you've been walking around with a sickness or a disease, and maybe you've been walking around with being wore out by the enemy. Whatever it is, just say, God, I'm going to turn it today. I'm going to turn it today. I'm walking out of my cage. I'm walking out of my mess today. God, I'm going to make it right today. Come on, I need some Holy Ghost-filled believers.
1: Hallelujah!
0: Come on, I believe I believe God's saying something over your life. (laughs) I've asked the worship team, and they're going to get ready. They're going to sing this song right here. While they sing, they're just going to minister to you, but we're going to take just a few minutes and we're going to pray. While they're singing, and you say, you know what, I'm ready. I felt, I I told Karen last night, I went, I I walked from my office back over to the part of the house there. It was late at night. She was on the verge of getting ready to go to bed. And I told her, I said, I said, I feel something here that I can't articulate right here. I feel, I feel like God wants to manifest something today. I I, I feel like God wants to release power today over people's life. I I feel like God wants to release a glory and break some things over people's lives today. And and, and I've had to battle that thing. I'm telling you, I've had to battle it all morning. I've been up since 4 o'clock this morning just battling, trying to get to this moment right here. This is the moment that I've been battling to get to because lives are hanging in the balance. Because what you do today will determine the next decade of your life, how you begin to expect God in certain seasons of your life. So while they begin to sing this song, while they begin to worship God, if God is saying something to you and you're ready to move into a place of manifestation, just join me down here at the altar if you like. Come on, worship team. Let's worship the Lord together today. In Jesus' name.
1: Say, Lord, Lord, I praise you. Say, Lord, I glorify Lord, I glorify your name. Say, Lord, I praise you, Lord. Lord, I glorify, Lord, I glorify your name. And if the sun, and if the sun says I won't rise and dark clouds fill my sky, Lord, just know, Lord, just know that I will always give you. And when trouble's on, on, and when trouble's on, I will always No matter come what may, I'll always give you praise. Lord, I praise you. Lord, I praise you. Come on, you need to be moving. You need to be moving. Lord, I glorify you. Songs as I walk, dark clouds fill my sky. Lord, just know, Lord, just know that I will always give you praise. And when troubles are on Lord, I praise you the Lord. Hello oh, song You deserve it, because you deserve it. We give you what you deserve. We're coming out of the season. We're coming out of the dry season. We're coming out of despair. We prophesy. We speak what we hear today. And we say, Lord, I praise you. Lord, I praise you. We give you praise. Lord, I glory. For who you are, for who you are, you're more than enough, Lord, you're more than enough, God. She that I will say, Rekkapata na Ravashi, oh, you
0: Can you just give the Lord a great big God bless you right there? I told Karen about 10, 30, 11 o'clock last night, I said, I feel like we're coming into a season of manifestations. Some of the things that we've been standing, declaring, believing, praying, fasting over, prophesying to. Declaring the word of the Lord over, we're about to step into a season of the most monumental move of God that New Harvest Church has ever seen. Yes. Hallelujah. Accompanied by signs and wonders and miracles, things that you cannot explain, we're about to come into one of the greatest seasons. presence that I'm feeling that God is saying I'm going to do it. Yes, yes. I'm going to do it. I'm going to make good on who I am. Thank you, Lord. Thank you Jesus. When God couldn't swear by nobody else. Said, the Bible says he swore by himself. Because nobody can do it like God can do it. We're coming into one of the most unprecedented unconventional crazy kind of seasons in the natural. Some of your worst family members are about to get saved.
1: Come on. Come on, prophesy.
0: I mean, those that have been running like crazy are about to come into the presence of the Lord. Some of the most notable, this is what I heard the Lord say, some of the most notable miracles are about to be revealed and manifested in this season that we're moving into, yes, I—I I, was—I I know we need to go, but when I was when I was praying early this morning, God began to stir my own faith, and he, he was saying to me, "Don't be afraid to pray for the ridiculous, like like to the point. It don't matter how crazy it looks like in the natural. Don't be afraid to lay hands on it." And and that that took me a little bit by surprise because I've never been afraid to pray for anybody on any level. But God says, I'm bringing you into a season where the tormenting tormenting voice of your enemy is going to be louder and louder because the body of Christ, especially in our nation, has gone through a season without manifestations. And sometimes we get talked out of what God's going to do based on what God hasn't done. But he said, don't let the voice of reasoning and doubt get inside your head but keep releasing the faith of who I am over the life of people. And Carlos, I prophesy over your ankle, your leg, even over the next few weeks, you're going to see such a rapid, speedy recovery, a supernatural infusion of the bone and ligaments and muscle. That's just not even going to make no sense because there's therapy and all that that should have been going on but you're about to come into a cycle and a season where God, God's already performed miracle in you. He kept the affection out of you where you didn't have to lose nothing. But God is saying, I'm moving stronger and it's just going to be the sign to you that I am the God that heals and I can bring it speedily in the name of Jesus. Jesus. Speedy recovery in the name of Jesus. I feel those those things. This is what I need us to do we have to create environments for the Holy Spirit to move. We, we can't just do four or five songs and then me preaching let's go home. Come on. We got to create environments that we let God do what He wants to do and not just, not just be on reserve and see what the next thing is, right. but we're right. pressing into an atmosphere where we can say that no matter what happens yeah. where, where we are in the song service, where we are in the preaching, something is moving in our midst. Great environments. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Is Anna still there? Is your mom still there? I saw her come in. Hey, Miss Anna, you ain't got to get up. You stay right there. You know the enemy. You ain't got to get up. It's okay. The enemy tried to put a death warrant out on you. And if the enemy would have had his way, you wouldn't be sitting right there today. But God is not finished with the promises that he put over your life. The only reason why you're still here today is because God's working out his promises so that your eyes can behold what God has said to you in your past. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Woo. How many just feel that today? How many feel His presence? Yes. Molly, I, I saw Terry. Did he leave? Did he step out? I just want to release a word over him, and, I, and I'll call him this week. But God's bringing divine healing to Terry. Thank you.
2: Jesus.
0: Divine healing. It's a healing flow, and I'm going to call him and tell him. I'm going to call him and tell him that God's working something in his life. Supernaturally, God has put a hook in His spirit, and God is working. He's going to He's going to prove to Terry how supernatural He really is. He's going to prove it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I know it's late. It's it's it's. All I was going to do was pray for somebody, but I said, "Mark."
2: I, uh, Marta, I've had a word. Why don't you come up? Just, yes. You. Tuesday night prayer, I just began to see some things over you. and I would have just grabbed you and prayed for you, but when it's loud, I don't, some words I don't like to scream at people. So, just have to talk loud. But on Tuesday night, I just saw the hand of the Lord is building your house And it seems like the hand of the Lord is moving slow, brick by brick, and it seems like it's an extremely slow process. And I know you have a lot of things that need to be answered. I think you've put a lot of petition out, put a lot of expectation out, but I see the hand of the Lord building your house. And I see the hand of the Lord, It's even to me, and I'm not in your situation, even to me, I see it moving very slowly but very deliberately in your situation. And I want you to know today, the Lord says, I care for everything that you've brought out before me, but I am building you, and I am building you, and I... What may seem like to you, it's a very slow process, but God says, I am building something that will last. I'm building a lasting thing, something that will be able to stand through all situations, through all environments, through all seasons. But God says, allow me to move at my pace. Because even under the pressure allow me to move at my pace so that I can establish something. In other words don't ask God to change his timetable because I believe he's given you a grace to be able to say God I know it's taken a long time and it's agonizing but I want to be something that remains I want to be something that is solid that is stable and God is saying the answer to a lot of the things in your life is a stability is really coming to you a solidness a steadfastness is coming to your life because when God takes his time building something that will last that means it's going to have an impact that goes well beyond just your situation and I see that I see him building a house in you that will have the capability of impacting a sphere that's so much bigger than what you've even included in your prayers amen there's something bigger there's something bigger. I'm not sure if you came forward today to be prayed for but I just want us to pray as a church over you. I just feel that. Too. Father, we just lift up Martha today. Thank you for the word over her life. I thank you for the her witness and her testimony as she comes every Sunday and just draws on the presence of God, draws on the strength of your people well, Father we just release that strength to her today we just stand with her in this situation oh we see God building something we see God we see the hand of God has not stopped but it is still moving maybe may not be at the pace that we want but it's the pace that will go on and present and build something that goes beyond us I declare today where the enemy, with his words and with his schemes and with his lies, tries to get her off pace, get her out of God's plan. I break that now in Jesus' name. Boy, I just declare so much presence in your house over you. Man, it's the presence of the Lord. The devil cannot operate in the presence of the Lord. He does not have free reign in the presence of the Lord. I just declare the presence of God over you, like you've never known in Jesus' name. Oh, Hallelujah! I just declare a heaviness of presence. Hmm. I declare a grace over you. Oh, and you are not alone. There's a church that loves you. There's a body that loves your family. Oh, you are not alone. You are not alone. I break that spirit. I break that spirit of isolation. You are connected in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lasting, lasting, lasting. For generations, generations. You're impacting generations. In Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen Thank you Jesus and I just sense this presence so strong Yes Jesus that angel we love you This church loves you Yes I know this is your first service But the strength of God is on you There's an inheritance in your family. We love you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. It's just too soon to quit. It's just too soon. He's not finished with what he started. Just breathe in His presence because it's here. Holy Spirit, settle over your people today. Make yourself real. Make yourself known.
1: I want more, I know what it's like to be in the presence of the Lord. stood still and bodies were healed and families restored because we stayed here In the presence of the Lord And no one had to say a word We couldn't even make a sound Shit, I a But I'd give up everything Oh yes we would Lord For this treasure I found I never wanted to end So I say stay I don't want you to go Because my heart is burning, in your presence, Lord. Please stay. I don't want you to go. My heart is burning in your presence, Lord, and we respond that I want more. Jesus, I want more, oh that's our cry today Lord, and I want more, oh God, and I want more, oh Jesus, I I was. my heart is burning and my heart is burning when you're in the room oh god say my heart is burning oh when i know you answer every prayer my heart is burning cause i can put my trust in you lord My heart is burning because you're right here in your presence, Lord.
0: So, Lord, that's our prayer today. people that abide in your presence Lord may we be people of your presence Lord your presence is not a location your presence is a lifestyle that burns inside of us Lord, I pray over those that are here today. Even when we walk on our jobs tomorrow morning, the same presence, the same fire, the same power that we feel right here will feel tomorrow. We're carriers flame, carriers of your glory, Jesus. will you just make that, your prayer, say, Lord, just stay with me, stay with me, stay with me, stay with me, don't ever get to a place where you don't feel the fire of God burning. Touching sick bodies, restoring marriages, restoring children, fixing homes, turn around in lifestyles, turn around in businesses. Thank you today, Lord. We're walking out of our captivity today. It's not going to steal our song, yes, Jesus. we're not going to hang our harps on the willow tree, but we're going to sing the songs of Zion, and we're going to thank you, and we're going to praise you, the character of God, the integrity of God is without question, Lord, we thank you this morning that you're covenant-keeping, yes. and we honor you today, and we give you praise. In Jesus' name I praise And everybody together said amen. 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 Come on, if you love the Lord, will you just thank him today? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It's been a good day. Hey, Chris, we're going to make you a covenant partner one day. Just just keep hanging out with us, man. Just keep hanging out with us. We love you. We're going to fix you right, man. Hey, love on somebody real good before you go today. Love on them really good. Tell them you're glad to see them today. God bless you. We'll see you Tuesday night for prayer. We're going to be praying Tuesday night. God bless you. Have a great day.